everybody, and welcome to Send News, the inside gaming podcast where we talk all about video games. Let's introduce everybody. We've got a very special guest, but first up, I'm Brian. I'm Caden. I'm Alana, and we are joined by Troy Baker, the voice of hey. Joel. Hey. Or according to Brian, just Joel. <laughs> <laughs> did, did just, say that earlier, yeah. just Joel and this guy. <laughs> I don't know what his fucking name is. <laughs> I would say it's a brain fart, but that's all my brain is as far. Yeah, it's just one fart. <laughs> yeah, just it's just a fart inside a skull. Mm. Um, that's a poem. Thank you. Uh, Troy, thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, uh, it's Last of Us 2 time. You're one of the, uh, you're a huge name in this business. Uh, we really appreciate it. You are by far the biggest name we've had on the podcast so far in our, what, 16 Just in letters? Episodes? Yeah. Or, yeah, or it's, like... it's excessive, actually. <laughs> yeah. There's been like Joe Axe, and it's like, that's it. <laughs> so you're the biggest, you're the biggest beat, name. Actually. <laughs> uh, Ah, uh, shucks, man. You guys, y'all, y'all are too kind, man. I love what you guys do, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. What can you tell us about this game? We want all spoilers so we yep. can ruin it for everybody. Yeah, just well, uh, it's the aliens were a surprise. Oh, okay, um, awesome. It was weird, and then Kennedy shows up for some reason. Um, I, I will say this. I, I remember even Neil asking me, uh, Druckman, who is a familiar name for this franchise. Um, Neil was like, um, what, do you, what do you think? And I was like, I can't tell you yet, man, because I, I haven't played it. And I've been very cautious about not like being a part of, uh, or at least, you know, kind of like orbiting outside of the dev team. Uh, you, you're invited to a lot of times, like, do you want to see early, you know, play tests? Do you want to see early? It's like, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to, I want to, I want to experience it. And Alana and I, we've talked about this on our podcast too where it's like, I want to, I, I will close my eyes before I open a birthday present to add one extra layer of surprise. So I've not wanted to be spoiled at all. So I'm experiencing it as close to, um, I left it on the stage and then, or, or in the booth, and then I've, I, I started playing it. Uh, this is going to be such a bold statement. As it plays right now, this is, one of, if not the best game I've ever played in my entire life. Damn, dude. Just wow, top, top down. Wow. And I'm, I mean, look, I'm being incredibly, as unbiased as I possibly can be, the pace of it is unlike anything I've ever played. The mechanics of it, I've never found a game that the mechanics and the gameplay are so inextricably tied and driven and motivated by character. So for me, especially as an actor and someone who loves character forward and story forward games, this is the, not even the upper echelon, this is the, this is the apex of, of what all those games, including The Last of Us, have striven to do uh, for, for literally decades now. It's, it, it is just, I, again, if I didn't like you guys, I would not be here right now and still be playing it. Because it's and so for, good. And it's for so me, good. as someone who looks like Joel in real life, I <laughs> feel do, like man. you stole my voice and I want it back. So <laughs> oh, enjoy man. your lawsuit, buddy. It is. Oh, please. I would love nothing more. It's like, you stole my voice. Uh, it's been fun, man, and it's been a hell of a road getting here too. Um, I've never, I've never experienced a, a game. Obviously, we've never been in a situation like this before, where a game is coming out. I was just doing a like a press thing before. I was like, never before. Like right now, we would be just wrapping up like a week or two ago when the review codes totally. came out. We would have been yeah. doing like this whole press release yep. thing, and and we've been like the cushy London hotel or New York somewhere right. down in L.A. on the beach, and this has just been like. Now I just we're gonna zoom in. You're gonna be talking to the Guardian and New York Times. You know, <laughs> it's like okie dokie. <laughs> so we're doing a game. So I, like I really commend the team at Naughty Dog for putting this game out like they did. Positive and negative in a lot of ways. The way that like COVID has influenced press cycles, and then I feel like everyone is talking about The Last of Us right now. And I feel like they probably would have anyway, but people don't have anything else to do, <laughs> so they're also mm. just so focused on this game 110 percent right now. And it's it's uh. An interesting way, an interesting time to release something, especially because, and this is kind of a thing that you and I have spoken about a bit, Troy, but uh, the game's really brutal. So, like, yeah. one thing that really gets me every time is killing the dogs really does suck. Um, I accidentally shot a dog's face off with a shotgun. Literally, his face exploded off of its body. Off. 
very upsetting imagery. Sold. Never seen that I'm going to play it. Oh. Would like to not see that again. But also sometimes, and this is like one of the things I think is very good about, about the game, but is also very crushing, is the enemies. Um, they The dialogue, even just in the way that, that random enemy NPCs talk to each other, uh, they'll call each other by name or like mention someone's name if they've died. And there was this dog that I killed and the owner went, bear, no, because they were sad that their dog had oh, been killed by me. And I was brutal. like, do you have to give it a name? Oh my gosh. So it is very upsetting. Uh, do you oh. think that how brutal this game can be? Because it, I think it, it, it does have a lot of lighthearted moments as well. Some really pleasant stuff. But do you think that how brutal it is has the potential to put people off considering uh, how brutal the world feels right now too? Um, I think that you always run the risk of, of disenfranchising or distancing some people because of either being too high or too low. But it is impossible. The, the, the pendulum swing that must happen in order to achieve higher than any game has ever gone to, to reach those heights, you must go to those depths. And for me, what allows those moments of levity those moments of beauty, those moments of uh, repose to be so impactful are the moments of pace and uh, despair that it just goes to the absolute extremity of it. So this game will stretch you. But God, those moments of beauty are, you, you start appreciating just the way that the light is coming through a window and the moments that, the, the moments that make you laugh. Um, the moments that make you giggle and the moments that feel satisfying. It, yes, it does suck um, to to <laughs> to kill a dog. But I was talking to uh, Jacksepticeye, Sean, uh, earlier today about this. And I, I said, man, of course there would be these trained attack dogs in this environment. Right. Of course right. you yeah. would do that. It, it makes absolute perfect sense right. so there's oddly enough this is by far the most brutal game i have ever played but it is not so the too. most gratuitous no I, huh? I strongly agree with both of those points most brutal game i've ever played i think i agree you know you can hear people choke on their own blood when you kill them but i yeah. also am in agreement that it is not gratuitous uh i, I felt like some of the conversation before this week was that it is just violence porn, but I don't agree with that at all. It wants you to be uncomfortable with what's happening. It wants you to feel like, you know, you know why you're doing what you're doing. Everything is very, very, very motivated. And I think that's a part of the conversation that very much got lost. I completely understand Ellie's drive to do everything she does. I relate to it really strongly. The things that happened made me really fucking mad, which means I understand why she's really fucking mad and why she's but doing it's what not, she's doing. It's not just Ellie's not drive. Like it. It's Alana's drive. Yeah, it is. Because you have the option. I was talking to a buddy of mine. I was like, he had just finished. And I said, man, this one section. I was like, dude, I was like, I threw a brick and I went around. He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, I got, I got held up in that firefight. I'm like, I wanted nothing to do with that. And so I tossed a brick or tossed a bottle and went all the way around and completely circumvented this entire exchange that would have resulted in me murdering everybody. And the fact that you get the agency and the ability to do that, it's, it's not an open world game, but it is an open choice game. It's like we give you the yep. choice. So if you're like, oh, the game made me do this, that's what makes it, that's what would make it gratuitous. Yeah. Is if it yeah. forced you yeah. to, to do this, but it doesn't. It's like, fucking go around and, <laughs> and don't kill Karen or Chad. There's this one um, big shopping complex that's really mm -hmm. big. And you're right that it's not an open world game. But there are a lot of the, the combat segments feel really, really, really open. Um, the most any Naughty Dog game has, in my opinion, is loads and loads of options. And frankly, sometimes I just get lost because I'm like, this is so big. Where do I go? But there's this, oh, this shopping complex where you can kind of swim underneath the entire thing if you want to and never kill anyone. And that's exactly what I did. So I'm oh, trying to get to this what? one objective. I just swim, avoid literally everyone, get to the thing and fucking bail. And there's. I don't know, maybe like 25 of them there, and I didn't kill a single person. I just went through it and was like, not doing I got it. so held up there. Breath I of bet. the Wild, that was one of my favorite things about it. Uh, uh, sort Breath of, of the side, Wild? Yeah, just the way of you could you could kill things however you wanted. Or not kill things. Mm -hmm. You could avoid combat. 
You could, you know, uh, uh, burn things down. You could slash, slash them with your sword. But, but I also, I also think the, you were talking about the violence. That's what this is set in. The violence is in some ways necessary because you're living in a world that has collapsed. So mm-hmm. it, it's not a fuzzy, you know, uh, good feeling world. This is, you know, it's it's a world about survival. It's gritty. It's nasty. Uh, yeah. The violence is just part of it. That's just part of the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I have feel no like, issue uh, with the violence. Sorry, go ahead, Kevin. I, I feel like that's kind of like the the whole like the whole central theme of everything. Like going from everything that you know the first game set up. It's such a like it's such that journey of you're starting off so low, right. and then bringing all that like beauty back to everything. And there's that. I mean, everybody talks about it. The giraffe scene in the the first the first last of us. Yeah. It's, it's that moment of just like. It's not all over, you know, just because, you know, you know, humans are being violent to humans and there is this like man eat man kind of mentality. You don't have to participate in that. And the fact that, you know, Naughty Dog ramped up that so much because I did a lot of that, like I'm going to toss a bottle over here. I'm going to avoid everybody as much as I possibly can with, you know, some semblance of you have to do this because this is where the plot jumps in in the first Last of Us. but hearing that that's so much more open and so much more you know you're you're a free agent you have your own will that is expressed through you know ellie's own drive and it's like troy you saying it's just like yes it's, ellie has it's better than that you know, so like i mean ellie's drive is your drive like, right that's, you have that's the exactly, exact you know, same like having, feeling as her for sure the thing that like is is motivating her to do the things that are pushing the plot forward you feel the exact same way because you're like fuck this so you have the exact same feeling as her, which I think was kind of Troy's point earlier. Uh, yeah, Ellie's, yeah, Ellie's t- drive is your own drive. It's like Ellie's drive is Alana's drive. And it's like everybody sure, has. we like, agree. Her story is, you know, <sighs> her story isn't hers. Her story is shared with you. So you feel that Absolutely. resonating. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think it's the drive is is driven by the narrative. Is That's Ellie's drive. But y- the way that you drive, like your foot is on the gas. Yeah. So it's it's... That to me is I've I've never experienced that in a game before to where someone goes, here's the story and and not even like uh, like a telltale situation. Like, how do you want to play this or Mass Effect where it's kind of like you kind of build your own character? Because I was talking to Austin about this is like a lot of times the temptation for doing that is like, well, let's just make it a shell of a person and then you kind of fill in the blanks versus no, here is a person. This is a real person and you may be in conflict with this person. But that's not what's important. What are you going to do about it? And that to me is it's the most experiential thing. And like you, you, Alana, you said is like it's so easy to play. Yeah, it's I have not like putting from it the down difficulties. In a, in a way yeah. that like so I, I finished it and then I played more to capture some of it. And then I played it again to stream it. Uh, so I've played the first section of the game, the first four hours, three times. And every time I don't want to stop. Uh, and I don't know what it is about it that does that to me. I, I think that part of it is that the choice that you're talking about, Troy, is um, I literally approach combat encounters based on my mood at the time. So if I feel like shooting people, I'll just do it. If I don't want to touch any mm. of them, I try to avoid touching any of them. And sometimes I fuck up and I get overwhelmed and I get attacked. But you can also come back from that because some of the environments are big enough that you could kill five people and then hide again and then they'll lose you. So you can move away from that. There are options there too. Um, I, there are, like, issues that I have with the game. Like, I really don't like Dina as a character. Like, she kind of drives me nuts. I, I just find her really flat. And I think I don't buy the chemistry between Ellie and Dina very well. Uh, I also think there's, like, a plot point to do with Dina that I just, I felt was there to justify a reaction that Ellie has later, more so than because I should have cared about it in relation to Dina. I just don't care about her. So because of that, a lot mm. of the time I'm like, just... Shut up, Dina. Just stop with your stupid love jokes. You, but that's of course subjective. How do you how do you typically feel about um, companion characters in in stories that uh, I love Joel just and by Ellie. the very nature? Well, but I mean, I like Jesse. That was a different. <laughs> uh, I love Jesse. Um, the the thing that 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 is the temptation before and and Joel and Ellie was different. The companion character a lot of time is is there to give exposition. Mm-hmm. 
is there to provide information about the world that the player doesn't know. So it's like, oh, well, somehow this person knows everything, <laughs> you know, um, or to, to, you know, point out look ats and, and, and do things like that. So there's, there's, I don't necessarily feel it's a fault of the character or, or especially the performance. Because Shannon is, is an incredible performer. Definitely not a fault of the um, performance. Strongly, like, no. no way. It's not, it's not on the way I, that she's delivered. I, I think that there's some, I, I don't have a problem with Adina, just, just to uh, make that clear. But, I actually um, haven't I, seen anyone else say it, so this could just be me, but I just find her boring. I Look, people <laughs> are going to have a problem with every character, okay? They're going to have a problem with Karen and Shad. Um, mm-hmm. just random, you know, baddies in the world. They're like, I don't believe their performance. It's terrible characters. They shouldn't have had them. Um, I, I do think that there is a, uh, people can take issue and more issue with the function of a character rather they can, that rather than they will the actual character themselves. Um, cause there, there was even some stuff where I was like, I don't know about that. That feels a little too. And then I thought about it again, um, and went, Oh no, wow, actually that makes now I understand that retroactively I understand this small thing that happened in game was explained to me in a cutscene much, 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 much later. It does um, that a lot actually to to jump off of mm-hmm. like that conversation point. Uh that's the thing that I realized having played through it again, especially. Um it if if you have a question about something, uh, even just something that you're like, hmm, when why that happened? It very often answers that for you two hours later in a really organic way. And I really like when games do that, when it, the narrative just loops back on itself all the time. Uh, that's the thing that I really like. Like in terms of Dina, it is just that I find her to be uninteresting and I don't feel like Ellie and Dina have very much chemistry. Um, so I, I but you... maybe that is also because I'm comparing the relationship with Ellie to a relationship that I love with someone who is a father figure. So when I'm like, well, she's spending all this time with Dina, I'm like, you're not chill. <laughs> Yeah, the game is really a, a departure from the first one because you had in the first one this, you know, parent-child relationship, kind of like the professional or, or, or something like that, where it's this adult kind of taking someone under their wing. Now Ellie's on her own, you know, not on her own, but she's the, she's obviously the centerpiece of this. But I, I do like the idea of following her and also you know she's obviously the one sort of committing a lot of the violence and i like shows and movies where you're invested in that character even if they're uh, doing bad things like uh, uh, breaking bad or the sopranos or something like that and I, i i haven't played it but i'm kind of getting that vibe a little bit off this game i think that it definitely it gives you the opportunity to as much as with, with that is possible within the realms and the boundaries of a an incredibly three dimensional character, it gives you the opportunity to create your own version of that. Yeah, and that's even echoed like in the customization. They, even t- they talked about this in the the state of play, the customization of the weapons, right. and how much that starts going. Wow, I can do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Um, it constantly reaffirms the scarcity of resources in this world mm-hmm. um, to where it's like, oh, fuck, I wish I would. I wish I hadn't spent this on this because right. now this gets unlocked. And I am I'm, I'm up upgrading so much of my stealth. Um, and then all of a sudden they unlock aim. And I'm like, oh, that would yeah. be more helpful for me. Uh, <laughs> the regrets. So um, it's, but that that's the beauty of this world is like, that's what happens. It's like hindsight being 2020, right. there's so many things that we right. would have done differently. Right. To your point, Brian, and Troy kind of touched on what I was going to say there. I think um, this game does not actually, like, I think that's a common impression, the one that you have. I don't feel like The Last of Us Part Two is a story where while you're playing through everything that Ellie does where you feel like Ellie is the bad guy. I didn't feel that way. I understood what Ellie was doing. It's not a like, ooh, she's bad and you're watching her be bad. It's, no, she's doing probably the exact same fucking thing that I would do and I completely understand why she's doing it. It is later when you see the consequences of the things you've done potentially, it would, I guess, depend, this could be different for everyone. It's a subjective experience. But it's when you're like, oh, if she hadn't done this, these fucking things wouldn't have happened, yeah. which is yeah. really also just echoing the first game. Like, uh, to be 
as vague as I can be. I, don't, I like you did say go all spoilers, but I feel like we don't. We maybe don't want to. I don't want to do that to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this, yeah. The, the end of The Last of Us Part One. What Joel does is for a lot of people fucked up and awful. Right. Did you right. think that nobody was gonna be mad? Did you right. think that he was gonna get away with that, and nobody was gonna care? at all about that, even though you completely understand what he was doing, that's an example of something. They kill a lot of people in that game too. Did you think that none of those people were gonna fucking remember it? And I feel like this game does a very similar thing where like you understand everything that's happening. You understand and in a lot of cases agree, but then you're also like, well, I just killed a lot of fucking people. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna There's say, also, I was gonna say sorry, that like that kind of feels very uh, like, especially with how Ellie's coming into this game, it very much feels like everything that we went through in the first game, it was that, you know, it's like it plays into that Joel was the father figure and everything that Joel did in that first game is that teaching moment for Ellie, good, bad, and otherwise, you know, all those major choices, all those acts of violence, all those, you know, all those altercations with humans and, and everything is, it was all very, Ellie was there watching everything. And, you know, you, you see where she is in this game and it just starts up with, I have grown up and I have learned. And it's so like immediate that you're just like, oh, we're really stepping into it just instantaneously. She still feels like something a 19 else. year old to me though. That's something <laughs> yeah. she does where I'm that's like, good, she's still though. a teenager. I mean, that's, yeah. that's I mean, honestly good. It's good that like there's that, 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 that era of, you know, it's like, okay, this is still such a heavy game and you know, she is going around killing people, but she's also still just 19. Yeah, for sure. I still feel two, like her two parent. things. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the number one to, to uh, jump back to a point you made previously. Something that I, I've never seen a game do before, and I really applaud them for doing this. A, a lot of a lot of studios will focus on, and I think primarily out of fear, um, making sure that you as the player empathize with the with the character. Yep. Yep. Um, that they're constantly reaffirming is like, mm -hmm. do, you, do you feel their pain? Well, let's 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 tie this back to to when they lost their dog or, or whatever right. it was that 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 evokes a sense of empathy. Something that Naughty Dog did that I thought was very brave and incredibly impactful is they went wide with their empathy, so that you, I have empathy for my enemies. I understand you know, a lot of times you just like wander in. It's like, why is this person like hell bent? Like even in like uh, Naughty Dog or like, like Uncharted, we would talk about how I was like, why does that guy, that random soldier, is he willing to give his life over to stop Nathan Drake? Like there's never, it's like, he's over there. And it's like, dude, he just <laughs> shot Tim. Like, let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here. These guys don't even have dental. So <laughs> the, the thing that I understand now is they do such a great great job of weaving in and explaining why your enemies are your enemies, your enemies, not just the enemies of the world, but your enemies uh, and why they are relentless. Um, and, and you're like, I kind of get it. Like I, I would be defending this too, if this had happened to me. So that's something that a lot of people I think are going to be in conflict with because you don't necessarily want to find sympathy for the devil. You don't necessarily want to go, I see both sides of this. That's yeah. a very dangerous, but we like being polar on, on whatever our, our political or, or we like or having heroes even, and villains. Yeah. Yes. And, and I don't feel like this game really has lines. any, but that's the first game too. It's like, who's the bad guy in there? True. David never lied to her. It wasn't until the end where he was like, I'm going to fuck you up. Right. But everything else is like, I saved you, I fed you, I offered you shelter, I gave you the medicine that you needed, I could have killed you and I didn't, and I said, I will take care of you. I'm another father figure. You just arbitrarily chose this murderer over me. That's that's it. I thought, I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant thing. Yeah, to me, um, the first game was Joel kind of discovering his humanity after he had uh, completely shut it down in favor reclaiming of just surviving. It, yeah, yeah uh, exactly, reclaiming it. Uh, and this, this, this other person kind of woke it up inside of him. And so uh, I'll, be interest, I'll be interested to see how they handle that, that theme uh, in this one. Reclaiming There's something humanity? else you said, Kate, that I want to make sure that I didn't skip over, though, that you... Ah, there was two points. I was, I was trying to make my point, and then you said something that was even more 
fascinating <laughs> that I wanted to see. Oh, let's just talk about Ashley Johnson for a second. Speaking of like sibling as a 19 year old, understand that yes, we did this. There's there's the Ellie that everybody knows from you know the game that came out in 2013. However, there's also when she did that, she wasn't 14 years old. Yeah, yeah, right. So we are still seeing the same actor, and there's even scenes that just the the, the swath of characters that she covers, and the fact that she does so adequately play a 19 year old or a 14 year old is mind blowing to me because she's also, she's in this not one either game, of those ages. There are a bunch of flashbacks in this that one game all the time. Yeah. She's different versions of Ellie, even in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and does a fantastic and to hear the difference. Also, yeah, I mean, I've jo- already said it to you like four times now, Troy, but like Joel in this game just really kills me. He's just, <laughs> I fucking care about him so much. Like everything, I'm just like, dear God, I love him and your performance is very good. So, Thank you. There's that. We worked really, really hard and I am, uh, if it had been left to my own devices, Joel would not be the character that he is. I, look, I, I've, I've said this story a lot, so if anybody listening has heard it before, I know Alana has. Uh, Stanley Tobliowski, who you have no idea who that person is and unless you see him, you're like, oh, I know who that is. Um, he played Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day. Oh, he's, God, yeah. He's <laughs> a, a Sammy Jenkins. Yeah, that, that guy, right? Stanley Tobliowski is one of the nicest uh, actors I've ever personally met. Short story. We were, I was shooting a movie. He was doing another movie uh, in... Uh, New Mexico and Santa Fe at the same time. Uh, Cowgirls was this great uh, lesbian bar that every the entire town went to on a Tuesday night. It was just the greatest place to hang out. They had great drink specials. It was just a great time. And they had karaoke, the only place to did karaoke in town. And everybody was there. So we were there and I was signed up and Stanley Tobiaski and, and I kind of like we're, we're hanging out that night and having drinks with, with and everybody. There was there's crazy like Santa Fe was just a hotbed of filming, and so there was no status. It was just people drinking, and um, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna sing." Uh, he was like, oh, "I'll hang around," and so it was like 45 minutes later, or whatever, and it was like midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And I look, and Stanley Tobiaski is still standing by the door. And he's like, you did a great job. I was like, man, thank you so much for hanging out. He's like, if you don't mind, I got to go. I got a 5 a.m. pickup. And I was like, dude, you did not have to wait to hear me sing, like, Baby Got Back or whatever it was I did for karaoke. (laughs) It was the stupidest thing. But he stood there, and he's just a man of his word. So many, many years later, I I remind him of that. He was like, of course I remember that. And he's talking about Groundhog Day. And... I said, was it, or in a different interview, he said this, uh, he said, most people ask you, like, was it so much fun to work on that movie? What a great, lighthearted, you know, 90s romantic comedy that was. He was like, oh, it was a terrible set. A terrible set. Um, <laughs> he said, that's, that's the movie where, where uh, Harold Ramis and, and Bill Murray famously fell out. Um, and he said it was just his biggest point, you know, uh, uh, there's so much contention on set. And he said, but where there is contention, there is care. And it's because everybody loved this story so much. And a uh, fun fact, uh, the real time or the amount of time that Phil Connors spent in that loop, 10,000 years. Wow. Wow. 10, really? years in the script. 10,000 years. That's I was brutal. Like, what? So anyway, fun story. But The Last of Us is is not dissimilar in the sense that, look, there was times where, where Neil and I were like this, and there's only been two times where Neil and I have had an argument. And he, if he was here in my place, he would tell you the exact same thing. We know exactly when both of those times are. Um, you, know, you have some conversations with some people who are like, were we in a fight? Um, where we were on the phone or we were face-to-face, and we were like, yo, man, like we need, we need to talk real quick. And that is why our friendship is what it is, is because... He said, I don't think there's anybody that cares about Joel more than me, except for you. Hmm. And I, he goes, you care about him so much. And everybody, the people, the animators, the shaders, the programmers, the coders, the lighters, the QA people, everybody cares about this game so much. I mean, I, every, get, every chance I get to, to praise the people that work in QC... I do, because that is a team of people that their job is to do nothing but sit down and play a broken game every day mm-hmm. for years find and go, broken bits. there's a bug mm-hmm. to find broken things and go, this is what makes this game bad. So that the game that ships, 
only has to have this big of a patch as opposed to this big of a patch, but so that we don't play a broken game. Um, and so I've, I've had the fortune of meeting a lot of people that work in QC or QA, depending upon the studio, how they call it. Um, and so I, those, those are true, like, like first and last line of defense heroes that I, that I absolutely applaud their, their, uh, who also in a lot of cases work on a contract basis where they don't get to stay on. Um, some of them do if they, yeah, if they really staff. like them, they, Most they turn staff. into writers, they can turn into level designers, but in a lot of cases they don't get to stay on after that project's complete. So they really do a lot of hard work for something that they, um, don't necessarily have the stability of. It's, it's for sure a, an underappreciated, uh, job in game development, like 100%. True heroes out there. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Good Laura's work. Say something else, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what next, Brian? I, what do you got I for wanted us? To, honestly, I wanted to ask uh, Troy about the spoilers. And obviously, that was an unfortunate right. thing that happened. And I don't want to get into the uh, uh, the details of it. But how did that uh, uh, how did that feel for you guys who had worked so long on this? And, and, and you came out with a great tweet, I think, after that I, I think really uh, kind of squashed a, a lot of the controversy and saying something to the effect of, uh, you think you might know what happened, but you have no mm -hmm. idea. I, I, I thought you handled that really well, but I, I wondered from your perspective, how did that feel to kind of see that come out and the, the game being potentially spoiled ahead of time? Man. Oh. oh no. Let's talk guys about Mac. Well done. Their mission is simple to make sure all your basics and beyond are smartly designed and shopping for them is easy and convenient. Mack Weldon, it's better than whatever you're wearing right now. It's premium men's essentials. They believe in smart design and premium fabric. They do, of course, offer industry-leading underwear. I've got some. It's great. It is the best pair of underwear I own. It feels so good. But they're so much more than just an underwear company, guys. They're a one-stop shop for men's basics of all kind. What do we mean by basics? Socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear a new adjustable storm chaser rain jacket. They're really the longest lasting, highest quality items on the market. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts. Ooh, naturally antimicrobial and it's silver. You look like a space alien. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it. They'll still refund you. You got a free pair of underwear. You just screwed Mack Weldon. That's win-win. Mack Weldon really does value its loyal customer, though. That is why they've created the Weldon Blue loyalty program. Here's how it works. Create an account. It's free. Level one, place an order for any amount. Never pay for shipping again. Level two, once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mack Weldon, not only will you continue to receive free shipping, you'll also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. Level two also grants you access to new products before they're released. Ooh before anyone else gets them, as well as free gifts added to future orders. So again, I've talked about it. I own it. I like it. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, and enter promo code SENDNEWS. That's S-E-N-D-N-E-W-S. Thank you to Mac Weldon. And also, let's talk about Bespoke Post. If your mailbox is anything like mine, 90% of the time, it's depressing. Political flyers, ugh, utility bills in the garbage. Unholy amounts of coupons. Maybe there's like a weird community newspaper that you really don't want. But once a month, I got a reason to be to be stoked, excuse me, and that's because of my box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys like me only the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style, grooming goods, barware, cooking tools, outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. I like the bar gear. Uh, learn how to make a martini. Classy. It doesn't have to be beer all the time or just a rum and coke. You can class it up. All right, to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They got new boxes every month, ton of different categories, free to sign up. You can cancel anytime. You can skip a month if you want to. Each box, only 45 bucks, but over $70 worth of gear inside. You're making money off this. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at Box of Awesome. 
boxofawesome.com. Enter the code SENDNEWS, S-E-N-D-N-E-W-S, at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code SENDNEWS for 20% off your first box. Box of Awesome can help you out, trust me. All right, thank you to Box of Awesome and Bespoke Post. What a great name, I love them. All right. Back to Last of Us 2. We got it. Internet problems. <laughs> that's what's up. We were I recording mean, our podcast he's... together not that long ago, and my power went out. Ugh. Like, during podcast, that's like just... That's the entire podcast gone. It's just... I did lose the first, vanished. like, big chunk of it. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. Troy, you're oh, a little now. tilted. <laughs> Wait, should that I be post? the other way? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> you got it. There yes. it goes. There, there we there go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Troy, so all you missed were the ad reads. You're good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. I was just talking to Alana, like, reached out to you, and I was like, you know, look, man, the most important thing. Yep. <laughs> it was very dramatic. It really was. What? What a cliffhanger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, so yeah. So we what's the most important any, thing? Yeah, we didn't hear anything after your reaction. No, right it's, it's the, I, you know, I... I, I struggle with with you know, I've I have had the best you know it's the same thing as anybody else I suppose you, you the best comebacks, you know, are the ones that you think of after the yep. fight and you're like oh I should have said this and yep. I had I had diatribes, <laughs> you know I had these just fucking poems that um, I had written that I would have shared and 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 blasted out to the world. But it didn't really affect me as much as it affected. I, I just know the amount of time that, um, especially Neil, had poured into crafting this story yeah. so meticulously and, and from a, a masterful standpoint and, and thinking about every, every little detail. Um, and people who had given their lives over, given their their time um, willfully to making this the greatest game and greatest experience ever. And because somebody wanted to flex on the internet, yeah. that gets undone. And it's just like, you gain nothing. You gain nothing off of this. So it's, it, it broke my heart for the team. And... Um, and for my friends, but I'm also in this privileged privileged position because I go, you don't know the truth. Yeah, you, you don't you don't know, and it's I I've um, I'm a strong uh, proponent of the fact that um, Epictetus said that all is opinion, and once you adopt that and accept that, and you go, oh okay, well it's just it doesn't mean anything. It's not a reality. It's just an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Then that allows me to kind of operate in a different place. But man, there's just some, there's just some people that I'd love to spend a few minutes alone with. <laughs> I know, what, I know what you mean about very like, Joel of you. <laughs> I, I know what you mean about like thinking of a, a a good comeback. Like I think of like hecklers from stand up, like literally ten years ago, and and like thinking, should I have said suck my balls instead? Like it's just hard. <laughs> <laughs> to get that perfect one, uh, but you yeah. you handled it really well though. You, I, I thought Thanks, it was man. just in the sense of yeah, you you really don't know. You're reading some words on the internet that's not going to encapsulate what this is. But, you know, but that, again, yeah, I, I that feel like must people haven't hard. grasped that quite yet. Just yeah. how they how know, they, soon. It's, it's, oh, they really definitely will. I'm so curious to see how this evolves in two weeks. I feel like we are going to see a large chunk of people be like, "Oh, I misunderstood." Oh my bad, and and nope. to nope. <laughs> you think they'll stick to it? Nope. There, there are. They are very are no, angry. No one. They are going to double down on it, and they're going yeah. to flat Earth this thing and go, "See, I knew it." And I actually will will I feel like it's submit hard to, to do. you. It's the same thing, though. No one. We're we're in a, we're in a culture right now that it's it is really really there is this fear and aversion to admitting that you're wrong. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I don't even want to go down that road as far as where that stems from and who is called, you know, you know, that is a, a perfect embodiment of that. 
but it is a culture. It's, it's not a characteristic. It's a culture right now of, I cannot admit to you that I'm mm -hmm. wrong or that there is ever, that's why there is no discourse. And that's the beauty of what this game did to me um, is that it provided a platform in the same way that Fortnite is not a game anymore, right? It's just a licensing platform. <laughs> the Last of Us wasn't a game. That's such a reductive way to look at this. This was an experience that became a platform for discourse yeah. that mm -hmm. encouraged people mm -hmm. to disagree, to fight, to, con to, to contend with each other with this and go, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but how do you feel about this? And maybe I change my, my thinking about this. So I don't think that anyone's going to come back right now and go, you know, I, I, change, I take that back. Yeah, you, you might be what? right. I feel like some <laughs> people guy, will who, who actually play who are, it because. Right. But who wrote for the Esquire that said, I saw the spoilers. I went in thinking this and I was completely wrong. But it's like going and going, I'm not going to watch Citizen Kane. It's about a sled. You're right. Like, you don't yeah. know. Well, to use a much less classy example, I had Infinity War spoiled for me. Uh, somebody on our channel just spoiled it all in the comments and, and said yeah. everyone who died yeah. at the end and everyone who didn't die at, at, after the snap. It's 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 one of my it's my favorite Avenger movie because it's hmm. how they handle it leading up to that is so well done. And so like just knowing the ending doesn't really matter. That's it's just the ending. It's like if you go to a book and just read the back page, that's not going to mean anything to you. It's about the journey you take. Yeah, it's the journey, not the destination for sure. But sure. I mean, don't death, death of the Superman. It's the same thing. It's literally yeah. called Death of Superman. You know what happens. Right. It's about how right. it happens. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I kind I, of agree, I though. I had Fight Club. I had Fight Club spoiled for me. <sighs> that's brutal. That's like, and that's awful. Oh, yeah, that's I still a bad one. went in. And it still was like, we have just lost cabin pressure. I was still in that moment going, I knew this was coming. But it still hit you in such a yeah. way. Yeah. So, and yeah. even not only that, but even the spoilers are wrong. That's right. what's so funny. It's yeah. like, look, if they were like yeah. balls on right, I'd be like, oh, okay, fair enough. But they're not. It's no, so they're stupid. Not. Yeah. But here's that's the why thing this about, one's interesting. I mean, that's Go the ahead, thing about it, though. It's like when people are misinformed about something, they will still hang on to that misinformation. They're just like, yes. Well, yeah, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna care about it because that was that. And it's like, but it's not. It's not that at all. Why don't you actually, you know, take the time to enjoy it yourself? It's like I can't possibly enjoy it because That's this one like thing we have is to there, and it's not even is, true. It's so different. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. And and part of the the thing that sucks about leaks is I was actually talking to. Maybe I won't say who. I was talking to uh, a AAA game director yesterday who was talking to me about the moment that they sat down with uh, Neil. They got lunch, I don't know. And Neil told them uh, about what I would say, like, the main writing Plot conflict. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The, the main theme is what I want to say. The main mm. uh, challenge um, and the way that Neil, he was just basically talking to me about the way that Neil was like talking about how everything was centered around that, that theme and how it was exciting for him to even think about people f seeing that unfold in real time. And, and it just, it does really suck to think about, this is a thing that he was very, that I imagine everyone in the studio was very excited to watch unfold in real time and to watch people discover on their own and assuming the internet would have tried to avoid spoilers for one another as much as they could. And that that was a conversation that he had with someone else a year and a half ago and that that was ripped away from them is really, really hard to think about. It's just so Dude, brutal. They snuck Ashley and I in and Ashley, especially almost under cover of darkness with a hood <laughs> and, and sunglasses into the hotel for PSX. And she couldn't even go outside because they didn't want anybody to see. If I was there, it's like, ah, Troy's a PlayStation boy, he's gonna be there. <laughs> but if Ashley's there and Troy's there, that's the chocolate and the peanut butter, we know what's yeah, coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they hid Ashley, she couldn't even come out of her hotel room until literally their, the, the lights went down to do the reveal and they, they, they put the Naughty Dog logo up, the whole place explodes, and they let Ashley and I walk through the crowd to get to our seats to watch the trailer with them. There is not a single fucking step in this entire game that hasn't been considered. Yeah. And yeah. the notion of 
anybody. You can disagree with the steps, but to think that it was done haphazardly or carelessly or, or God forbid, disrespectfully yeah. is just asinine. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Got video effects now. That shit's 3D. Go off, King. Well, yeah, the, but this is, yeah, this is big time AAA game making. This is, you know, there's a lot of money behind this, a lot of care, a lot of time, a lot of effort. I, I, I do think uh, some of this got caught up in, oh, people uh, read the spoilers and I think things are so binary now. It's like, oh, this is this is an SJW game and blah, 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 blah. And I, I think people just uh, try to pigeonhole everything and just immediately uh, uh, choose sides that I, I think yeah, it's everything has to be political because yeah, everything exactly. is tied to an identity now. Right. That's how it feels to me. That's first right. of all, everything right. at its truest sense should be political in the sense that you have to redefine what politics is. And politics has nothing to do with politicians or government, it has everything to do with what's reflective of the heart and the minds of the people at the time. So this thing is incredibly political. Yeah. It is, of course, reflecting strong themes that, yeah. that exist in our culture right now. Absolutely. To say that it's not is, again, being just reductive and, yeah. and ignoring the truth of what this game is. Mm -hmm. But it, I have something that's posted up huge on, on in my studio wall that says it is not. The, it's a quote by Theodore Roosevelt that says it is not the critic who counts. That is, if you ever read that entire speech that he gives, talking about it is not about the person who sits on the sidelines, whose faces will never be marred with sweat or blood or with dirt. It is the person that got in the ring and said, I tried. Because the other person will never yeah. know defeat, That's but right. they will also never know victory. And I, I applaud everybody. Any game that gets made, any game that ends up on the shelf or on a store to be bought is a fucking miracle, period. It is, it is ones and zeros moving through space through magic that makes that thing happen. And it doesn't matter if it's a $1 million game or a $180 million game. If it's done by a Lucas Pope or if it's done by a Naughty Dog. If it's, if it's a game that came out, if it was an ideation that became tangible and you can play on your phone or a controller or your PC, it is a goddamn miracle that that thing happened. Yeah. I'm glad you feel that way about my asset flips on Steam. So thank you. I do. I, do. I, I accept do. your praise humbly. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right though. But just to try, just to just to put something out there uh, for the judgment of others, I think yeah, it takes a lot of courage, and you know, uh, yeah, and and also uh, you're right. You're so right. The the humility to admit you're wrong is in such short supply these days. I remember somebody saying that on Twitter, just admitting that they were wrong the other day, and I was sort of taken aback because it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't know when's the last time I've heard that before. <laughs> Dude, it's anemic and anathema to this culture. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Everybody, 100%. everybody has to know everything at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. How um, dare you tell me something new that I didn't know, right, and now I have right. to accept this as a, as a as a differential opinion or a new truth that I have learned that I was uneducated about before. I yeah, you take it as an talking. insult that you uneducated. It's, it's not. Here's the thing. This is nothing new, though. There's a quote by Dostoevsky who said, if given the option between Jesus and the Christ, I will choose Jesus. And what that means is if someone says, here's the truth and here's the truth that you know, I will take the truth that I know. And I'm like, that blows my mind. Yeah. I would yep. much yep. rather have the foundation of my beliefs be 100% uprooted and go, we were absolutely seated here by Martians. I'm like, kick ass, as opposed to go, <laughs> I don't believe the study that was done there. I was like, I want my, my convictions and my beliefs to change. I, I want to grow. I don't need to hold on with dogmatic claws right. to what I currently believe. That's right. Yeah, to, to, to be a person <laughs> who can learn and change and grow is is a controversial opinion almost these days. <laughs> yeah, we don't like controversy. <laughs> All we right. love uh, it. What? Uh, <laughs> we love it. All right, let's go to questions. Let's take a few questions really quick. I think we're coming up on time. But, uh, Troy, a lot of people had questions for you. Uh, no surprise. First one, this is from Hiccups. Hey, Troy. I love your work, man. It always blows me away how much range you seem to have in the types of characters you play. I just wanted to ask, what was the process like finding Joel's voice and what emotions or ideas did you channel for Joel in part two as opposed to part one? 
man, I, I love the word that you choose. That's it's the voice, and that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean the way that he sounds, because I don't choose my voice. My even even though my voice has changed dramatically from the last 15 years of living in, in Los Angeles, I get further away from my roots so that Texas twang starts dropping off. I don't say I'm going to change my oil like I used to. <laughs> yeah, I understand the difference between the number 10 and the material tin. Um, so there's different things about me that have changed. And as I get older, right. and there's been a lot of Call of Duty sessions that I've done that have resulted in me screaming and my voice has changed. Mm -hmm. So my voice is a byproduct of my voice as a person who I've become, the experiences that I had. So a lot of where I, f I found Joel was through me doing the diligent work that an actor is required to do and should do, which is the character work and understanding, the given the materials and the information that's given to me, how do I attach myself to those materials in such a way that every choice that I make is rooted in those experiences so that it doesn't feel like arbitrarily choosing something. Um, that is done not only as my homework, but also the diligent, exhaustive conversations that I've had with Neil and, and Bruce and everybody that was at Naughty Dog. Um, and the beauty that Naughty Dog gave Ashley and I and everybody on this project was that we would sit down and discuss it as opposed to just 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 shoot it, mm -hmm. just, just say the line. Mm -hmm. um, it was, well, I don't know, maybe we need... Let's, let's rethink it. And I watched in real time as scenes were retooled and changed based upon conversations that happened either in table reads or in rehearsals or even when we were shooting. And that is not just The Last of Us. That was on Uncharted. That was on everything that I've seen Naughty Dog do is that they've been agile and trusting enough of the performers that they have and the people that they have employed um, to be a part of this my God, guys, every, the history is panicked. technology against us. <laughs> it's still um, that. It's okay. <laughs> so th that, that is something that is, that is endemic to who Naughty Dog is. Um, as far as what was different from the first to the second one, you fight this temptation to go, is this as good as this? Or is this repeating this beat? Mm -hmm. And you forget that that's Troy in that scene. And Troy has no business being in that scene. Um, that is 100. That's... That's the last of us being in that moment as opposed to just the world that they're in. And the only thing that Joel is or Ellie or Tommy or Maria or, or Dina or anybody is aware of is the moment that they're in. They have no idea what's around the corner. And a lot of times they can barely remember what happened before. Um, all they know is that they are the person that they are in this moment. And so it sounds so cliche, but it's very true about being present in that moment um, as an actor and, and truly listening. Um, there is none better than Ashley Johnson when it comes to that. Um, and she is just so incredibly zen in the way that she works because she just goes with the flow. She just, she, she's not stiff against anything. She's just like, oh, we're going to do, okay, we're going to fall down now, we'll fall down. Um, and she trusts herself enough to let whatever choice comes out effusively at times to be the most honest choice. And a lot of times it is. And it results in the most, there's a, a lot of you played it. There's just some moments where this, the goofiest laughs or just the delivery of the lines, the temptation by any other director would be like, mm, I think we're, we kind of lost the uh, word on here. We need to hear a bit clearer. And it's like, and when nobody talks like that. Uh, nobody talks with 100% clarity or even 80% clarity. Mm -hmm. We right. by and large mm -hmm. mumble right. our words. <laughs> also, a lot of so, there's a lot of use of pause in, in a lot of the dialogue lines that I find really interesting where you can hear what seems like that person, I'm not going to say character, searching for the word rather than it being written in the script. There are like moments yeah. early on where you do that, where I'm like, that's a really interesting pause because if you read it off a script, you are going to think that you should just read the line like, you know, the line, but people don't speak that way. I just paused awkwardly there because I was like, how do I phrase this next part? Right. And I feel or like people that stumble is something over that, their words. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. It happens a we, lot in, in part two, in a way with, I really like. Without saying, I know you said you guys feel free to be spoiler, but that without saying too much, the first scene of the game, I think we spent the entire morning shooting. That's all. Can I, I just say. ask if uh, the line guitar was written? <laughs> it, was <not>. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely not. And also, um, I put my thumb 
kind of in, in my belt loop. And I found out from Neil that that was almost as expensive as what it took to do the photo booth and left behind. No way. Which, which was more expensive than doing the entire ship turning sequence in Uncharted 3. Wow, Jeez. that's wild. And he yeah, never nice said anything about it. He just he just looked at me doing it on stage and was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his, his designer brain and, and his awareness of like, I know the animation department is going to come back to me. He's like, what is he doing with his thumb? <laughs> he's just sitting here within his belt loop. And he was like, that's going to, he goes, we basically had to create new tech that allowed no Joel to just stand there with his thumb in his belt loop wow. or in his pocket. Mm. It was God, crazy. Was, he was like, you that, damn near like broke the game. I feel like that is a thing worth <laughs> keeping ridiculous. This endearing awkwardness about that, that segment that I absolutely love, that him doing that makes sense to me. It's all very... It's all very fucking cute. Let's do one more. Uh, this is from yeah. Jacqueline, lesbian squadron leader. Oh, I didn't know we had a veteran uh, following us. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for your service. Hey, Troy, congrats on the upcoming launch. Uh, they ask a few questions. I, I'm going to hit uh, the main ones. How does working Play with Naughty hits. Dog differ from other performance capture jobs you've done? Any dream roles you haven't had a chance to play yet? Um, <laughs> uh, this, th those are two questions that I get asked a lot. Um, <laughs> the look, uh, every studio has a different way of doing it. And I've, I've had the privilege and the opportunity to work with the worst and the best. Um, <laughs> and there's people, and that, by the way, that's not by fault of, of, um, any virtue other than just experience and resources. Um, but performance capture, what it allows us to do is just engage with each other in the story and the characters in a far more immersive way so that the game that the player is playing, I feel, is far more immersive as well. Um, but there's games that I've done that, Bioshock, there was no performance capture um, at all with that. Uh, that was purely just Courtney and I with Ken typically uh, in the booth just hashing out scenes, radio play style, typical you know, VO style. So, and that those clearly had impactful uh, performances as well. So performance capture, what I love about it is that it gives me more resources and more tools as an actor to be able to pull from in order to help uh, convey what's at stake in that scene. As far as dream roles, um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I've, I've had the benefit of playing not only just some incredible characters, but some of my favorite characters. Like uh, I got to be in Uncharted, which was a, literally a dream come true. Um, no exaggeration, no platitude. I got to play Batman and the Joker so, once in the same fucking movie, which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I've been able to do a lot of stuff. There's, I, I've talked about this before, but um, I think it was GameSpot or, or um, GamesRadar. Somebody put out a, a tweet that was like, you know, thinking about Spider-Man, what, what's another Marvel hero that you would love to see a game made out of? And I'd be in stupid and like, you know, early morning, whatever, uh, retweeted. And it was like, cough, cough, uh, at Bill Roseman, hem, cough, cough. And he replied back to me and said, we all know that you are the man without fear. Uh, or he said, you are truly a man without fear. Ah. And boom goes the internet. They're yeah. like, Marvel just And Bill Roseman had to do like a full like, we we here at Marvel Games are just like <laughs> not really doing anything, um, but I, Bill Roseman that that came out of a joke when when we were on set for Avengers and I walked over to Bill and he's just a good dude and he's if you've ever met him he's this this nerd boy that that made good um, he's just so great um, and he I, I walked over to him and I was like I just wanted said that if for some reason you ever decide to do a Daredevil game, I just want to be in the room. I just want to read for it. Just please let me read for it. He was like, okay, why? <laughs> I was like, that was like, there's people that got into Spider-Man, there's people that got into Superman. Yeah. My first graphic novel that I ever bought was a Batman graphic novel, but the first comic book series serialized that I really, really dove into was Daredevil. And, and besides that, just as a character, which is so great because it's all about overcoming adversities and your, and your seeming shortcomings actually becoming your strength, which is a... Just a, a, a thing that that um, 
uh, oh my god, Lee, uh, I'm Superman. Why am I drawing a blank on his name right now? Stan Lee. I can think of his Jim Lee. Stan Lee, oh my god. (laughs) Jim Lee's thanking me right now for saying that. I was like, yes, I'm just as good as Stan Lee. Um, (laughs) I'm doing just as good. Um, But, uh, you know, that was his running theme, is is overcoming adversity um, and turning tragedy into triumph. But um, it's, it's from a gaming standpoint, I go, how do you do that? Because we play games so that Ellie can jump higher than I can. She can fight better than I can. She can shoot better than I can. She can do these things that I can't. What do you do as a gamer when I, as the player, can do something that the character cannot? Hmm. Um, and that, to me, is just a really cool thing to explore. So that that is definitely something that I, I have like lobbied loudly for, <laughs> um, that I, I would love to do that. But to be honest with you, all that I really, really want to do when it comes down to it, regardless of, you know, dreams and franchises and, and success, um, if I'm able to participate and partner with teams like Naughty Dog um, and specifically like Neil Druckmann um, and work with other actors like Ashley Johnson and Laura Bailey and Jeffrey Pierce and Shannon Woodward. If I'm able to do that ever again, then I will be the luckiest person who's ever been in this business because to do it once is lightning, to do it twice is the bottle. Awesome. Well, let's let's end it there. Troy Baker, thank you so much for coming My on. Pleasure. We appreciate it very much. That's going to do us for Send News, and we will see you all next week. Bye.